about you is given as a gift. I remember when I learned this because growing up and not knowing the Lord, he's like, you just think that, man, I'm just good at this stuff. And you get like a kind of a pride about it, right? And then all of a sudden you realize that any gift that you have is a gift that's been bestowed upon you by God. I didn't invent any of the gifts. Someone may say, oh, well, I worked really hard to hone that gift wrong. Your ability to work hard to hone that gift, that's a gift. The same God who made the nearly Two trillion galaxies in the universe designed the details of who you are. He's made you into this amazing person with a unique blend of gifts and abilities. Today, Pastor Daniel reminds you that as much as you'd like to take the credit for the things you do well, God is the one who deserves all the glory. You'll learn that gratitude is the natural result of living in the reality that God has given you so much. And that gratitude will propel you to serve others with your gifts. Now here's Pastor Daniel in 1 Chronicles chapter 16 as he continues his message, Our God. Listen, I live in this world too. I'm selfish just like the next person. But my selfishness will destroy everything just as yours will. Relationships, the work of God's kingdom, God wants us to be faithful people because God is a faithful God. See, and as we choose not selfishness, but faithfulness, then God meets us on those steps of faith where we're being faithful as he's faithful. And then he enlivens and invigorates our lives with the things of his kingdom. But I realize that right now, in your life, in my life, at street level where we're all living, there are so many pressures away from being faithful. There are so many temptations away from being faithful because the pull of selfishness is so strong. I mean, you think about what our God, who is a covenant maker and a faithful covenant keeper, Think about all he's had to go through to get the children of Israel to the point that they are where they are walking in Jerusalem with the Ark of the Covenant. I mean, did Abraham get everything right? No. You guys read your Bible, right? Do you remember when God told him he was going to have a a son of promise and it took too long and so Abraham and Sarah made up a plan for Abraham to marry Hagar and Ishmael is born. And then, of course, you get to Isaac. Was Isaac perfect? No. And then, of course, you get to Jacob. Good old Jacob. I mean, they even named Jacob the heel catcher, the swindler. Jacob was a train wreck. But God was faithful. You look at all that God did in the history of the children of Israel. Ups and downs, good times and bad times. If God was not faithful... We'd never be where they are today. See, all through the scriptures, what you find is that God laments the faithlessness of the people, but God remains faithful. And don't miss the fact, and you all know this, talk about God being a faithful covenant maker and keeper. Listen to Hebrews chapter 9, verse 15. 
And for this reason, he, Jesus, is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant that those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. See, you want to know how faithful a covenant maker and keeper God is? God sent Jesus to die in our place. He is the mediator of the new covenant. Why? Because according to all the covenants God had made with the children of Israel, every single one of us, including all the patriarchs and all the people in the line of the children of Israel, everybody deserved death. Why? Because we all violated that covenant. We all, in that moment to be faithful in our history, we've chosen not to be faithful. Not that you're never faithful, but nobody except for God himself is always faithful. Right? All of us can look back on a time when we chose ourselves over God's best and someone else's blessing. Right? We've all done that. And that's why the Bible says we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It's not saying that we're the worst possible versions of ourselves. It's just that we've never always been the best possible version of ourselves. And because of that, under God's covenant, we're deserving of death. But God sent Jesus as a mediator of the new covenant to come and die in our place, in your place. No matter how atrocious your life has been or how seemingly respectable it's been. And the good news of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ is the fact that Jesus is God's way of being faithful to his own covenant. Jesus is God's way of saying, even though you have been unfaithful, my faithfulness is greater than your lack of faith. My fidelity is greater than your inability to be faithful. And that's why the Bible says, oh, that anyone who wants, let them come and drink deep of the wells of salvation. For many of us, we've made that decision. We saw our own lives through the mirror of the perfections of God. And we say to ourselves, oh, I am totally messed up. Right? You're like, who can help me? And then you realize that Jesus came. An ever-present help in time of need. And if you're here today and you've drank deep of the wells of salvation... God has been faithful and he will always be faithful. And the cross shows us that Jesus is the mediator of the, the new covenant. He gives eternal an eternal inheritance to anybody who believes. And our job is to simply respond to that by saying, Lord, will you make me more like you? Lord, as you're faithful, make me faithful. Lord, make me a faithful wife, a faithful husband. Lord, let me be faithful in my singleness. Lord, let me be a faithful employer and employee. Let me be faithful at school. Let me be a faithful friend. Let me be just as you have forgiven me. Let me give forgiveness. Lord, just as you have sent Jesus to, to live and to die, to serve me and humanity. Lord, let me respond to that by being faithful to serve other people as well. But if you're here today and you've never before put your faith and trust in Jesus, listen. Even though you have not said yes to Jesus, God sent Jesus to die for you. That's what he did. Because God made a covenant with humanity through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that covenant finds its resting place in the person and through the work of Jesus. Listen, you can try and do everything to please God But really the only way to please God is to trust in his son. Because Jesus is the only human who's ever been truly well-pleasing to the father. And when a person puts their faith and trust in Jesus, 
When God sees you in Christ, he actually sees Christ in you and he's well pleased. When God sees me, he sees Christ in me and he's well pleased at Jesus in me. And that is what God wants for you. He wants to be well pleased in you. But the only way is for you to put your faith and trust in him. Put your faith and trust in Jesus. And as you do that, the faithfulness of God and the faithfulness of Jesus begins to transform our character from within. What starts to go on the iceberg under the surface of your life begins to change because Christ is in you and the spirit is in you and the things that God desires become the things that you desire. So first we see that God is a covenant maker and he is a faithful covenant keeper. Now notice what it says next, verse 18 of First Chronicles 16. It says, actually, we'll start back at verse 17. It says, and he confirmed it to Jacob for a statute to Israel for an everlasting covenant, saying, to you I will give the land of Canaan as an allotment for your inheritance. When you were few in number, indeed, very few, and strangers in it. So I love this. Our God gives extravagant gifts. Our God gives extravagant gifts. Now, you notice what he's saying here. Part of the covenant that God made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob included this place that they call the promised land. Remember, Abraham, when he was living with his family in the Ur of the Chaldees, God said, I want you to leave your father, leave your mother, take your wife, and I want you to go to a place and I'll show you where it's going to be. I'm going to make a great nation of you, right? Now, what's amazing is that as Abraham traveled, they never landed in, in the place to call home. Same with Isaac, same with Jacob. But God made a promise, and then it wasn't until after the time of the Exodus, after Moses, that Joshua got to bring the children of Israel into the promised land. And now a bunch of generations, lots of generations after that, now the children of Israel are settled in the promised land. The fact that David is the king, Jerusalem is the great center of life for the children of Israel. Now the tabernacle and the Ark of the Covenant is there. See, now they're experiencing God's faithfulness to give the children of Israel a home, a place to worship, a place to call their own. But what's amazing about this gift is that they received this land as a, as a promise, as an allotment. But notice what it says in verse 19. When you were few in number, indeed very few, and strangers were in it. When God made that promise to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob, they were just, you know, by the time Jacob goes to Egypt, 72 people, 70 people. But God promised them this huge land. Why? Because God doesn't just give gifts. He gives extravagant gifts. The faithful covenant-making God gives amazing gifts. Now, you realize that as a, a child of God, you, you realize that your very life is a gift. That life in Christ is a gift. Listen to what it says in James chapter 1, verse 17. It says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from above. See, your life is a gift. Your life in Christ is a gift. And guess what? All the gifts and talents that you have, that's a gift as well. 
Everything that is good about you is given as a gift. I remember when I learned this because growing up and not knowing the Lord, it's like you just think that, man, I'm just good at this stuff. And you get like a kind of a pride about it, right? And then all of a sudden you realize that any gift that you have is a gift that's been bestowed upon you by God. I didn't invent any of the gifts. Someone may say, oh, well, I worked really hard to hone that gift wrong. Your ability to work hard to hone that gift, that's a gift. When you begin to realize that everything you have is on loan, God has given it to you. That changes it, because now you can't be selfish about it. You start to say, oh, this gift was given to me. It's a good gift, and it's a perfect gift, but it comes from God. And now God has entrusted it to me so that now I can live in this world differently than I would have on my own. And that is the great shift that goes on in our lives when we start to realize that my ability to do anything, the fact that there's breath in my lungs, the fact that I can actually... Do something with this thing that is an act of worship. It's like what the Apostle Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. And as each has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. When you realize that all that you have, the gifts, the talents, the treasures that you have... And someone's received a gift, then what should you do with it? Then you minister that gift, you serve one another with that gift as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. That idea of being a good steward, realize that a steward is not the owner. The steward is somebody who has been, who's received something from somebody else. One of the great examples of a steward in our contemporary culture is if you have somebody who maybe is, does your financial uh, planning or whatever, where you, you give your money to a, to a mutual fund and then they steward it. It's your money, but they're working with it on your behalf. And in the same way, when you begin to realize that you are not the owner of your life and the gifts that God has given you, you are a steward of the life that God has given to you. Now all of a sudden it's like, well, I don't feel like doing that because I'm just tired right now. Right now, you might be tired. You might need to rest. That's fine. There's a place for rest. I mean, God gave us the seventh day off, the Sabbath rest day, because he doesn't want us to burn out, right? But at the same time, what you realize is even the way that we rest is about stewardship because you realize my life is a gift from God. I don't own it. Jesus owns it. I was bought at a price. I'm not my own. So now I want to minister what God has placed in me. Your life itself is a gift. Your life in Christ is a gift. Any gift, talent that you have, guess what? God wants you to minister it one to another. And as a church family, if we don't invite you to step into using that gift, then our culture is going to teach us to use that gift for ourselves forever. And guess what? You're not being a good steward of God's manifold grace. And God doesn't want that for us. See, we believe here at Crossroads that as a family of faith, we should be fully engaged. All because Jesus is real. Which means that all of us have a part to play. Now, I was, that for some of us, you're like, man, well, well Pastor Daniel, like, I can't go do kids ministry. Like, that's, that's not my thing, you know. Or, or Pastor Daniel, you know, like, I'm like, my body is frail right now, so I can't go to Second Saturday. Sure. No one's asking you to. But there's all a million other things you can do. Right? Like, join the prayer ministry. Right? Like, well, I, I can't pray. I really like to use my hands. Well, go to Second Saturday. You know what I mean? Some people are like, man, I really don't like kids. Don't worry, we're not going to put you in kids' ministry. Because we like kids, and we want them to like church, so we're not going to stick you in there. Don't worry about it. You might say, I don't really like talking to anybody. Go be a photographer. 
I'm not knocking the photographers, but you don't got to talk to someone when you're in, unless you're doing like the portraits, like come work with me, work with me. Come on, come on. You know, smile, you know, like, but you don't have to talk to anyone. You can, you know, there's, there's folks who are like, man, listen, I really don't do good talking one-on-one, but I'm really good behind a computer. Well, go help the internet campus. Listen, I just want to be honest with you. For those of you who are grounded and seasoned in your faith, you realize here at Crossroads, we have new babies being born every single day. We have people who are just in the beginning of their life in Christ that the reason you are grounded is because along the way, someone just like you decided to come alongside of them to pour into their life. I think about the mentors in my life who helped bring me to where I am today. People still speaking into my life because I'm still a young guy. I still do a lot of dumb stuff. But there's people speaking in. And I'm here to tell you, as a church family, we have needs everywhere. And so... But because God gives extravagant gifts, God gave to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob way more than they needed because God knew he was going to do a work. And I'm here to tell you, God has given you way more than you need because God wants you to steward it and minister it. God wants to use you. He doesn't need you, but he gave you those gifts for a reason. And I don't want any of you to think, well, my God doesn't want to use me wrong. As I always remind people, if God can speak to the prophet Balaam through a donkey, then you're going to be just fine. <laughs> you remember that story, right? I mean, the prophet's going to speak in the name of the Lord and the donkey talks to him. I always, that, that's my most, that's the reason I'm in the ministry. I'm like, if God can use a Balaam's donkey, then I'm going to be just okay. <laughs> I mean, if God needs a donkey to speak to a prophet, then he can definitely use this gorilla. Praise the Lord. You know what I mean? Like, it's good to go. Like, I'm in good company. If God does anything, it's like, well, man, it's like, I'm just like Balaam's donkey. It all works. But guess what? You got to step out. And when you step out, you got to keep stepping out. Because you realize that because even though God is faithful, a lot of people aren't. Right? And I think one of the things that really hurts people in, in, in doing the work of ministry is that people sometimes can be really rough. Like I had a pastor who said to me one time, he said, Daniel, you have to remember that sheep bite and when they bite, they bite hard. You know, and, and what's amazing is that's proved to be true. You know what I mean? Like sometimes people hurt. People could be mean. People who think that they're being helpful or hurtful, right? But the thing is, is if God's kids are sheep, then bites happen. It's like saying, man, with little kids, they're going to make messy diapers. It's like, yeah, they're little kids. And I think all the times in me as a sheep, I've said the wrong thing, hurtful things. So what you realize is that faithfulness means showing up even when you don't feel like it. Faithfulness means showing up even when you're like, man, I kind of hurt. Like, it's like, yeah. It's like in marriage. You want a great marriage? You just got to keep showing up. It's that simple. You stop showing up, you have a lousy marriage. But the reason you have a lousy marriage when you stop showing up is because you stop showing up. Now, I realize sometimes there's extraneous circumstances. I don't want to belittle that. But I'm here to tell you, you'll never have a good marriage if you stop showing up. You'll never have a great friendship when your friend stops showing up. Right? So faithfulness is the key. And I'm here to tell you, God has given each one of you extravagant gifts. Way more than you need. Why? Because he's given you enough for what you need and then he's also given you more so that God can use you. So step on out. Use those gifts. 
And then notice what it says in verse 20 of 1 Chronicles 16. If you close this message out, it says, listen to this. When they went from one nation to another and from one kingdom to another people, he permitted no man to do them wrong. Yes, he rebuked kings for their sake, saying, do not touch my anointed ones and do my prophets no harm. Now, I know what I love about this. Our God is a strong protector. Our God is a strong protector. And I already started to kind of lean into that a little bit. But as God gave these promises to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob, what you realize is that they, as a small group of people, as a humble group of people, they were at the mercy of all sorts of things around them. But what it says is that they went from one nation to another, from one kingdom to another people, and God permitted no man to do them wrong. Yes, he rebuked kings for their sakes. He's saying, if you think about the story, Abraham ended up in Egypt and also under this king named Abimelech and God protected Abraham's wife Sarah from those men right you find Jacob ends up with his uncle Laban and guess what God protected Jacob he had also the problems with his brother Esau you know they, they, they end up in Egypt and of course there's all these problems but yet the people still survive See, God's a strong protector. And notice the way God speaks about his own. He says, do not touch my anointed ones and do my prophets no harm. Now, you ever wonder who the anointed ones are? The anointed ones are the chosen ones. If you're in Christ, if you are born again, you are one of God's anointed ones because he's anointed you with his spirit. He has set you apart for himself. And what's amazing is it doesn't say God is a strong protector that you're not going to have any problems. Wrong. God says, in all the problems that you have, nothing is going to happen to you that isn't in line with what God wants. So you can trust in the protection of the Lord because he's made a covenant with you in the midst of your life. That even though sometimes life is going to be hard and challenging, nothing is going to happen to you. Nothing's going to happen to you that isn't part of God's plan. Do you believe that? See, for so many of us, we feel like there's no one to protect us. So we have to protect ourselves, right? In in a lot of ways, the reason people don't engage in using the gifts that God has given is you think that you have a limited amount of them and that if you don't look out for yourself, nobody will. But guess what? If you're in Christ, what you begin to realize is that God is a strong protector. It's like what it says in Psalm 46, verse one. God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help. In trouble. Jesus is real. Thanks for joining us as Pastor Daniel continued to share what First Chronicles 16 reveals about who God is. Today, you learn that God loves to give extravagant gifts. He's given you everything you have and wants you to use your abilities to serve others. Pastor Daniel encouraged you to be fully engaged with the people around you, to step out of your comfort zone even when it's hard. Faithfulness, he said, is showing up even when you don't feel like it because you can trust God to give you what you need to keep going. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Daniel Fusco from Jesus is Real Radio. I'm so excited about what Jesus is doing through this ministry to change lives and restore his people. 
would you consider partnering with us as we continue to share the message of Jesus here on Jesus's Real Radio? You can find out more and donate securely online at jesusisrealradio.com. Thank you for prayerfully considering this. I just want to say thank you for tuning in. I'm so stoked you're a listener of Jesus's Real Radio, and I know Jesus has amazing plans for you. I'd love to hear the story of how God's working in your life. Give us a call here at Jesus's Real Radio at 360-256-4655 or email me at real at danielfusco.com. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time as Pastor Daniel reminds you that you get to decide what your life is all about. You'll learn that it's easy to have Jesus as an important add-on, but he really should be the main focus. As you continue in this study, Pastor Daniel will unpack what life looks like when Christ is the center. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. On behalf of Pastor Daniel and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again for the next edition of Jesus is Real Radio.